Today, we're speaking with Carlos Hernandez. He's the Chief Revenue Officer at SimWave, and Carlos has built an exceptional reputation of being able to build global sales teams, but he started from a place of doing badly in sales, and his journey to success took him across continents and various industries, and you're going to love hearing his views on how successful sales are a byproduct from building a company and community success. Stay tuned. Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're chatting with Carlos Hernandez. Carlos, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, likewise, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I know we've we've known each other for many years, but getting a chance to dig into your story like this, this is uh, this is new for me. So I'm super pumped. Thank you so much. So I am. So first off, you're at SimWave. Uh, our audience is all across North America, and you you guys have a very far reaching product, but it's kind of behind the scenes. Maybe you could help our audience. What's the elevator pitch for SimWave, and what does the company do? Yeah, it's super exciting. We're a software company that is redefining how to deliver video and to connect the creator's intent or the emotions that you would live at a a live event uh, with the viewer and help all the participants in the value chain to optimize the scale and improve how to deliver that video while reducing costs. So we really envision ourselves as transforming the video industry and making it better. So that sounds like your customers are... Yeah, streamers, hosts, all of these online video platforms that we're consuming every day now. Is that, am I understanding that right? Exactly. From the studios that want to make sure that the quality is preserved to uh, the broadcasters, the distributors, MVPs, OTTs, and everyone that pretty much takes video home to your homes. Well, on behalf of everyone who is binge watching Netflix while they're sheltering in place, thank you. Uh, you're doing great work. <laughs> okay, fantastic. We're so, very excited to uh, make a little contribution here on this uh, situation that we're all going through. Yeah, and I think your work you know, speaks for itself. I mean, you know, Chief Revenue Officer, and you've worked at a veritable who's who of tech companies, uh, from HP to BlackBerry to startups. Uh, but let's think back at the start. I, one of the things that stuck out to me was that you didn't study business and sales. Uh, you had more of a technical background, right? Yes, that's correct. I studied uh, electronic engineering, as we call it back there in Colombia. Here would be electric engineering. Mm-hmm. And and when you were graduating, what what kind of a role did you think you were going to have? Uh, well, it was mostly technical. When I was in school, I co-founded a software development company, so I started I started coding basically, but then I abandoned it because uh, it was, the school was quite demanding. So later in school, I would uh, teach rock climbing uh, to find oh, nice. uh, kind of climbing expeditions. So those were my first entrepreneurial uh, kind of activities. But then I started working on deploying wireless networks back there in Colombia when uh, digital wireless uh, communications were we're starting. So I definitely started with the technical side. I was later on my career that I moved to sales. Now, before we get to the later part of your career, uh, like many people, your your background has a number of roles in it. And 
maybe you could help us, you know, think a little bit about that journey. Uh, I mean, you were, you spent a good chunk of time at HP and uh, I know you had a chance to do everything from business analyst to general consulting and, and GM. Maybe you can, you know, help us think about what your experience at HP was like uh, and, and how you moved between those roles. Yeah, it was fantastic. When I started, uh, it was at the time Electronic Data Systems before it was acquired by HP. And uh, mm-hmm. my my first day was actually not in Colombia; it was in Boston. So we we're part of a group or a project that's <laughs> called where we really um, were trained there in Boston to pretty much learn all the best practices from the wireless industry and bring it to Colombia because all the cellular networks were starting there. So I started as a business analyst helping to deploy wireless networks. And then from there, I started growing my career on technical and project and program management. Then I was responsible for uh, the entire billing operation for the mm-hmm. wireless customer back there in Colombia. And, um, and then by having a, a more like a broader uh, business management experience within that industry, then I started kind of migrating a bit to more commercial uh, kind of roles. So I want to come back to those commercial roles, but you slipped that in there. You're, you studied in Colombia. Your first role was in Colombia, but they onboarded you in Boston? Yes, that was uh, very interesting. So I did my interviews, which uh, it was actually uh, very cool because uh, I, I got um, in my last interview, usually mm-hmm. you get uh, an offer letter or something after that. But for some reason, they just told me, okay, you're hired. So when do you start? So it, was, it just happened like, a, like in a snap. <laughs> so it was, I was uh, just done kind of getting my 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 feet on the on the ground and there was i was working there and uh for my surprise uh, a week later they told me okay would you go to boston to start your work there and i said oh of course i would so yeah and i spent (laughs) six months there learning from the best people in the industry and deploying that that uh expertise uh, back in colombia and venezuela and other latin american countries so it was it was a blast it was super exciting and also to bring all that expertise to the region. Uh, with my with my last company, we had an office uh, in in Boston. It actually started just outside of Boston in Waltham. Uh, and I always love getting back there. Uh, getting a chance to spend six months there as you got started must have been such a blast. It was awesome. I was in Waltham, exactly. Oh, really? There you company. go. <laughs> Small, tons of great companies out there. Yes, it's a fantastic place to be. Okay, so coming back, you, you mentioned that you were getting into more commercial roles. Now, this is where I'm really curious. Your first uh, kind of official sales role was still at Electronic Data Systems, now HP. Uh, what inspired you to take that role? You know, why move all the way into a sales function? Well, I was offered it, and I took it, and um, I really didn't know what I was getting into. And uh, the most interesting thing is that I failed miserably. And oh, no. uh, I really had a, a, I struggled with uh, how you really sell. And I was, I had a really misconception of what sales was. And by, by basically hitting a wall uh, based on those misconceptions, I really got to realize what sales is and what the most goal of sales, how you manage them and how you deal with people. So it was, it was a very difficult, but it was a very uh, interesting experience. So when you said that you you failed miserably, um, uh, a lot of people are worried. 
about taking on a sales role because they're worried about that failure. What did failure look like in that that context, that situation? Uh, failure was basically that um, I didn't. I, I was basically coasting with the customer, and I thought I've been more into like you uh, help the customer to decide on mm-hmm. what they want to do, and you are instrumental uh, on helping them to get where they want to be. Okay. But I think sales has a more important role than that. I think sales you can you have to be a bit more a guidance for the customer and help to connect mm. with the tools and what you can offer to them to solve their problems. And uh, you cannot expect the customer to know how the path should be and what the options really are. And I think in some cases you need to challenge the customers and you really need to take the time to listen to them rather than just to go and do your speech and, 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 expect that that's really going to solve the problem. So you really need to get more in in detail, understand the customer, understand what the drivers for them to make a decision uh, would be and how really how much value you really add to them. It's not about doing a PowerPoint presentation and hoping that you're going to close the sale that way. What a what a great way to describe that that balance between kind of being an active participant or or passively riding along. Uh, I love the way you characterize it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really shocking. Like I, my expectation is that you would, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have a misconception of what sales are. And I think that, uh, most people think that, uh, salespeople just go and chat with customers, do a couple of PowerPoint presentations, sometimes bring a technical person to help them out and then just go and do some golfing and close deals and make money. And, uh, I, I really think that uh, is a different, a very different job, at least when you do large, B2B uh, type of sales, uh, you really need to be an expert, a trusted advisor. You need to challenge uh, the status quo and help them decide how to improve their business. If you don't do that, you don't really, you're not really contributing. You're just pushing your product. Mm. So I, I love the way you you took away those lessons. And, and we spoke earlier about learning from failure. You've had all these roles. You take this sales executive role. Uh, you said, in your words, you failed miserably. Uh, what did you do next with your career? Like so many people would just say, okay, I guess sales isn't for me, but it, it, you seem to have doubled down. You know, what, what did you do? Yes, absolutely. I took that and I decided that it was time for me to take a different approach and to learn uh, how to get it right. Okay. And that's why um, I ended up in Canada because uh, basically I decided that I wanted to take some education and to do an MBA. Uh, mm-hmm. So I explored doing that in several countries, uh, but I decided to come to Canada and I went to Queen's University to do my MBA. Nice. Uh, so I quit my job, basically. Uh, we sold everything and wow. we came to Canada to study. While I was doing that, I... I was a professor at a university in Colombia teaching e-business when e-business was not a thing yet. So okay, I was so, a pioneer so, doing e-business there and uh, while, while I was moving here to Canada. You, you used an important pronoun there. You said we. So it wasn't just you who who kind of left your country and then came here for this opportunity. Uh, who, who came with you? Uh, my wife. We decided uh, we, we got a dream that we wanted to study abroad and... Uh, grow uh, both uh, 
in our professions and uh, as a team and we decided to come here and uh, sometimes as you take those leaps uh, in life uh, we came here to quit to uh, Kingston we expected that would be a very large city where there would be also options for her to do her master's degrees and uh, that wasn't the case so she ended up going to the University of Ottawa to do her uh, master's degree on technology so it was it was a challenging year as well uh, but it was a very it was a very growing uh, opportunity for both of us. Uh, I imagine that that was uh, stressful uh, and amazing that you've you've completed it. We hear all this news about new companies like Apply Board helping people, you know, travel to to learn internationally, and they didn't exist when you made that journey. Uh, yeah, well, well done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was, and and I can see their value now. Uh, they, I think they are contributing significantly. But yes, at that time, you would just basically. It was it was uh, it was a big bet. We sold everything. We quit our jobs and we just came here to Canada to study. Pretty much spend all our savings on on business schools and wow. see what happened. Okay, so I love the the leap of faith that you can figure this out. You can learn how to do it right. You're you're, you're teaching. You're learning. Your first sales role in the local tech area. You pick an amazing company to work with, Slipstream. Uh, and I know that's about when we got to know each other, but how did you get there? What was the story of landing at Slipstream? Yeah, so um, coincidentally, I didn't start in sales there either. So basically, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was when I finished school, uh, business school. So I was mm-hmm. looking for an opportunity and I happened to be in the Kitchener Waterloo area mm-hmm. and through Communitech. Uh, which is a technology organization here in Canada that helps uh, startups, as, as you will know. Uh, I was connected to this great uh, company um, that was Slipstream. And uh, I did a consulting engagement for them based on uh, kind of my consulting experience. That worked out well. Uh, I was asked to stay to a project. The project involved business in Europe and Latin America, which was a uh, significant part of my expertise and it was in Portuguese in Portuguese and Spanish so mm-hmm. I got fluent in both so I got engaging to those projects I really really enjoy working with the company and with the customers and after deploying those projects I start asking those customers to uh, basically put me in contact with other people in their organization oh. so learning from pretty much coasting and being with the flow of the customers, I decided that I would try and take the driver's seat myself. And I asked them for introductions. Then from Portugal, uh, that was the, one of the projects I was working on. I got introduced to Spain, then to France, and I ended up uh, selling to four or five multinational telecommunication companies in Europe. Holy in UK, France. So it was, uh, I, really, I really had the experience to pretty much apply everything I didn't do before. So I, would- I, I love how you just kind of drop those in. I just happened to, to sell to these multinational telecom companies. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. And, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a very good challenge. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, what a great example of using the sales skills to, to sell your way into the role too. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you learn really, you learn that, uh, that, that was one of the big learning opportunities for me, which is, you really need to push the limits. You really need to look how you add value and you really need to start telling people that uh, they, the way they are doing 
what they're doing may be the right way or they may be other ways. And I think that people, when you uh, show them alternatives, they respect you. They start understanding that you can help their business and their personal careers. And, and that's where you, that's where I see sales having uh, a higher, uh, I guess, contribution to the industry and to the community than, than just pushing product is really helping marrying technology with problems and solving those problems for companies to be successful that being your customer and, and your own company. So I think it's a team effort from, from your own uh, team, but it's also with the customer and with um, your customer company to both build something that is better than they couldn't have done themselves. Uh, what a wonderful way to put it. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of anything to add to how to, to treat the customers, uh, but I do have a question on that journey. Kind of coming here and, and that life change. Um, do you mind if I bring us back to that before we before we wrap up? Absolutely. Okay. Um, thank you, because we chat with people all the time who have recently moved from their home to a new community. Sometimes it's just across the country. Other times it's across continents. You know, much more like yours. So, if you're chatting with someone who has just moved, maybe from Colombia, maybe from Pakistan, and they're now in a new community, be it here in Waterloo or, or Boston or Austin or, or New York, and they're trying to get into sales. What are some of the things that they should keep in mind? What's your, what would be your advice to someone in that situation? I think that we all have some areas where we can make a difference. And I think that when you come from abroad, you have uh, the language, you have the cultural experience. As you know, sales is something that is based on relationships, but relationships mm -hmm. that, are, uh, that are based on trust and communication. And my, my most important thing on sales is listening to your customer and understand how you can contribute to their business. And I think that when you, as in the role that I am today, you're trying to grow internationally, um, you don't have the ability to understand and to connect with all cultures in the same way, language barriers, uh, cross-cultural communication and so on. And all those people can play a very significant role. So my, my advice would be figure out companies that are trying to grow into the areas of expertise you bring from uh, mm -hmm. your home country in terms of language, culture, uh, industry, and so on. And you will find some places where you're experience and your expertise are needed. I love it. That's such an aspirational and positive message. I, I can I can tell already it's going to resonate with large portions of our audience. So thank you, Carlos. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I know I promised that we wouldn't keep you too far uh, past the bottom of the hour, but I've already done that. Uh, can I ask a couple of rapid fire questions before we go? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, you have worked uh, across many countries and several you know, different industries, but as you're selling, what has been your favorite sales tool? Well, my favorite sales tool is quite basic, actually, is uh, my right. ears. It's just listening. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we don't do enough, but it's the most important thing in sales. I love that answer. Uh, when I asked that question so far, I think the, the most common has been the phone, uh, but you could say it's being used for listening, but I really like your ears. That's a good choice. Thank you. I'm going to take that one away. Um, awesome. Next one, outside of work, you know, not selling for your own time, 
movies. What's what's your favorite movie? Oh, it's all over the place. That's a tough one. But I, I like Invictus. Uh, Mandela, I think, is fantastic. The way that, uh, I mean, the whole message, the whole experience, I think, is fantastic. I love The Matrix. And uh, uh, there's a few others, but those those come to mind. These are great. Um, and if you, you think back, even before college, when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? I don't know. It feels kind of nebulous. Uh, uh, I feel old saying that, but that, I, I think that <laughs> firefighter perhaps or a police officer or something, I think I was just thinking on helping people and uh, I still do that's what is most meaningful to it. So I think that uh, I really hope that with my job, I can do a contribution to society, to the industry and to the community. That is the best way to do it. Selling is a great way to help people. Certainly. That's, that's really the, the, the biggest goal. And again, uh, sales and revenue would come as a byproduct of helping people and helping companies to connect with uh, the solutions to their problems. Absolutely. Uh, Carlos, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure and uh, hope to be in touch. Absolutely. We'll chat again soon. You take care. Take care.